Osiris. It's Friday, February 3rd. It is extremely cold, and this is your news. There's a new episode of Inappropriate Happiness with Karina Reichman and Isaac Sloan. Karina and Isaac are awesome. They talk about tours, shows they've seen, and a lot more. I look forward to hearing from them every week, and there's a new episode today. And they actually took over the old drop and made it into a weekly show that they host, and now we're resurrecting the drop, so they're sort of part of the drop family. Um they're both real music lovers, and I'm sure everyone knows Karina, but she's played some recent shows with the Disco Biscuits, so she talks a lot about her, her musical touring experience and her show experience, so I'm looking forward to listening to what she has to say and, um, and what she has to, to talk about with Isaac. It's a really fun show. Everyone should check it out. All right, there's an interview with Merck Mercuriatus, who talks about the future of acquiring song catalogs. I mentioned last week that Justin Bieber's catalog had been acquired for $200 million. That was his company called Hypnosis Songs Fund. In this interview, he talks about the acquisition of catalogs, what it means for the future of music. They've spent about $3 billion over the past 10 years acquiring 60,000 songs from huge artists across the board. Um, he, Merck Mercuriatus, is a Quebec-born former rep for Virgin Records. He went on to manage Guns N' Roses, Elton John, and Morrissey, among others. And this uh, Hypnosis Songs Fund, which, which he started, is one of about a dozen companies buying up the rights to the biggest artists in the world. Now, this is endlessly fascinating to me, as you can tell. That's why I'm talking about it on here. But um, they've bought uh, compositions by Neil Young, David Crosby, Barry Manilow, The Eurythmics, Blondie, The Pretenders, Shakira, Shawn Mendes, Leonard Cohen, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Fleetwood Mac, Kenny Chesney, Justin Timberlake, and dozens of others. If you don't know what they're trying to do or what they do, uh, what he explains in this interview is he wanted to establish songs as an asset class for institutional investors in the stock market. So really treating it like a typical investment as opposed to something you know, totally different. Um, he, he said, I want them to understand that when these songs become successful, they become part of the fabric of people's lives and our society. Therefore, they have very reliable and predictable incomes, and that makes them investable. Some songs are even better than gold or oil, because if you're living your best life, you're doing it to a soundtrack of great music. And you're also listening to music if you're being challenged, whether it's through a pandemic, inflation, recession, high interest rates, or whatever it might be, you're taking comfort and escaping with great music. So great music will always be consumed. So that's a pretty good pitch. And, and I totally understand that. And for artists, there's there's a benefit as well. I, I was just learning about this recently. But if you take royalty checks from your catalog on a regular basis, most governments look at that as salary, which can be taxed as, at a rate as high as 50%, depending on your income bracket, of course. So if the artist takes future royalties in an, up in a lump sum, that's considered capital gains, and then the tax rate drops to about 20%. So if you're dealing with tens of millions or hundreds of millions or, or you know mere millions of dollars, it's a huge different difference. Um, so if you're curious about the business of catalog acquisition and how this is affecting music, um, check out this this interview. The link is in the show notes. You'll be interested. It's, it's um, really fascinating. All right. The new Unknown Mortal Orchestra double album is coming out on March 17th. Um, this New Zealand-based band, they're set to release their first album since 2018, and they have a new single, Layla, out today. Uh, Relics wrote about this, and uh, they, they posted the video for this new single. That is in the show notes as well. And lastly, I want to say on a personal note, I'm so excited. Springsteen is back on tour. 
Super exciting. Um, they kicked off the first E Street Band tour in six years in Tampa on Wednesday with a 28-song set that lasted almost three hours, including a seven-song encore that featured Born to Run, Rosalita, Dancing in the Dark, and 10th Avenue Freeze Out before Springsteen did a solo acoustic performance of I'll See You in My Dreams. Um, you know, obviously he's getting up there in years. We got to get out and see Bruce uh, before, you know, before we, we can't anymore. And um, it's, he sounds as good as ever. And um, I need to get to a show. So I'm going to work on that. And I'll keep everyone posted because I'm sure everyone is extremely curious about whether I'll be able to make it to a show or not. All right. I think that's everything for today. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Osiris.